Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Tanya. And I'm Carrie. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number 85. Today we'll be discussing our new favorites for third grade. We'll also be discussing some ideas in our Know Better, Do Better segment. We'll share a work smarter, not harder teacher tip. And in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. And now it's time for the high and low section where we talk about how it's been going in the classroom, a high or a low, because we're keeping it real all the time. <laughs> Teaching this year is all about just, well, teaching every year is all about dealing as things happen and um, wow, big highs and big lows this year. Tell us about it, Carrie. What what have you got, a high or a low? I'm going to go high. Um, so a general high is that I'm back at my homeschool this last week and I have a very mellow schedule this week just because of the way my schedule works out so in that way it's been nice because I'm doing a lot of like catching up on a lot of grading and getting things planned and I'm just not feeling super stressed but I want to also mention one specific high I'm going to say this on behalf of both of us Tanya we both have had our first vaccination shot so that is just I don't I was surprised at kind of the feeling of relief that I have. And I know we're not out of the woods yet. Of course, we're still taking all the precautions. It was only the first dose. Obviously, it's going to be a long time before we achieve what we're hoping to achieve. But But we're on the road. We're on the road. And just that feeling of like, wow, it's actually happening. It was was kind of emotional in a good way. And... um, yeah, I just I was just really excited and thankful that that I had the opportunity to get that first vaccination. So, teacher friends, hang in there if you haven't had yours yet, because I was surprised at how quickly it happened when it happened. Like, got the notice and then like had an appointment like two days later. So, you know, it goes quick once it goes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm rambling, but you know what I'm saying. I'm happy yeah. about it. So. Yeah. No, mine went quick too. Although I wasn't sure it was going to happen until it actually happened. You know, you get yeah. like. I don't want to get too excited about this because who knows? Yeah. You know. No, it's good. Vaccinations are, are happening, at least in our neck of the woods. And yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just a good week overall. Just kind of a, a mellow week. Nothing like totally outstanding or ne- negative either way. It was just a good, like, I felt like I was just kind of teaching this week, which was a nice feeling. Yes. Despite all the weirdness going on. So, yes. All right, Tanya, how about you? High or low? Well, I was going to go high also. Um, I am not at my homeschool this week. I was at the other school this week, but I'm trying to bring in some more um, what we refer to as singing games and modifying them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the modifications that I've made to some things they're not completely 100% this is as safe as we could be. I don't know. How am I going to say this? Um, So we did Alabama Gal, for example, Mm -hmm. in fourth grade. Um, And I did do the traditional long ways set game that most people know from the Amadons, otherwise known as the New England Dance Masters, that you find in the resource um, Alabama Gal. Yep. Right. Wait, is that where we find it? Is it called Alabama Gal? I think it is. I think it is. Anyway, the one that most of us all know, right? Yes. So, of course, being in a long way set, um, we were definitely six feet apart between, <laughs> you know, one line of partners and the other line of partners. And so here's what we did. Um, during the first line, come through, now, or the first verse, come through, now hurry. The uh, head of the set, they sashay down and they take hands and they sashay down and they sashay back, right? Yep. Um, instead of taking hands, I just have them sashay and face each other. And yeah. fourth graders, they can handle that, right? Um, not a problem. Some right? might prefer it, but we won't go there. <laughs> yeah, I keep thinking about when it is time for us to touch again, building up that culture again. Yeah. Of- like totally. oh now we take hands yep 
Oh, but that's not for now to think about. Anyway, yeah. so during the I don't know how, how, I don't know how, how, usually we link right arms and we do a turn. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we call it a swing, but I avoid that language because then it does really turn into a like swinging your partner. And then we do it on the other side with the left hands or the left um, arms linked, right? So for that, I just said, and now we will stand here and we will do body percussion. <laughs> Now we will stand no. here. And now we shall stand and just go legs, legs, clap, clap, legs, legs, clap, clap. And initially, I was going to be more complicated than that. Initially, I was going to go like, you know, lots of different levels like stomp, stomp, legs, legs, clap, clap, snap, snap. And I thought, you know what? No, we're just going to keep it simple for now. Yep. We can always level up later. Oh, yeah. So that's what we're doing for that part. And then when we peel the banana... Yep. Right. And we go around. This is the tricky part. And this is the part that I don't have it completely figured out. But what I did worked. However, um, it, it, it could be a tiny bit more COVID friendly. All right. Let me explain. So I do have them um, peel because we're not taking hands. We're just following the person in front of us. And instead of kids who are at the head of the set, and they go down to the bottom of the set and they usually clasp hands and they make a big old bridge. Mm -hmm. And then all the other kids go underneath that bridge with their partner, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you know what? If, if you're confused about all these things that I'm saying, if you look up Alabama Gal, you oh, can see yeah. what it, how it's traditionally done. Yeah. Especially the peeling part, peeling right. the banana part. Um, so here's what I did instead. I was going to use pool, pool noodles, but I didn't have any pool noodles at my other school. So I used big boom whackers, the big, um, really the lowest, yeah. the lowest octave that you can find, C's. Yeah. And there's two of them. Um, you could do it with one. I just used two because I want them to have both hands occupied. So I have kids, those kids, instead of grasping hands, they are on either side of the boom whackers and lifting them up, you know, parallel boom whackers as a bridge and all the kids go under. Okay, so what's problematic about this? I don't even want to say problematic. What could be better about this is that now kids are touching the same thing is the issue, right? Right. Right. But so they're touching doorknobs and handles to go into their classrooms. Well, that, right. Know, I this, mean, you can't. Is, the important it, part is that they sanitize their hands on the way in and sanitize right. on the we way out. We sanitize right? right before we do this game. And then we sanitize right after. If someone picks their nose in between, I don't, I just, I can't with, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> well, those um, are older kids. So you would hope not so much. You right? would. Yes. This, these are fourth graders, right? <laughs> they've got that mask that's kind of hope, hopefully blocking that initial re, re, Idea. Right. Like, I was gonna pick my nose, but oh, fabric. Anyway, so they go, they go under the bridge of boomwalkers, um, and then we start all over again. And then I thought this this is very cute. So the the next time around, now we have a new pair yeah. on the top of the set who sashay down and then sashay back. So I just have the kids who are now at the bottom of the set who have those boomwalkers. They've got those boomwalkers. And then when the kids at the top of the set sashay down, they just grab that boomwhacker and then sashay all the way back up. Oh, so you have them like carrying the boomwhacker with them when they peel the banana? Yes. Now, ah, now okay. after the first time, yes. The first time I around, I hand off the boomwhackers. Okay. Then Got the second it. time around, it was funny because I don't know why it took us a little bit to figure this out, but initially, like the the kids at the bottom of the set with the boomwhackers, like, oh, we got to run these up. And they would run oh. up the boom markers like, no, no, no. Just hang here. They're coming down this way anyway. They got to sashay yeah. down. Hand oh, them off. That's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, I actually have a video of it. Maybe we'll put it on the website. And cool. if, if you want to um, email me or message us and, and tell me how irresponsible I'm being about the COVID, go for it. I... Um, I've had I'm this trying. issue, like I've I've had issues with, you know, making sure kids are all facing the same direction and make sure kids aren't partnering up for things or small grouping for things. And then I walk by their regular classrooms with their regular classroom teachers and they're in small groups. They're facing each other. They're working with partners all the time. It's like. Well, and, and this is my rationale, yeah. because in our district, even on our district website, they show um, a picture of kids in a big double circle facing each other yeah 
and sharing ideas. And this is not in a music classroom. This is just in a, like a traditional like a pair and share situation, right. which I've been avoiding this whole year. I've been avoiding doing small groups. I haven't yeah. done any stations. I haven't done any pair and share. And so I thought, well, let me try this. I initially thought maybe I'll hand out, maybe I'll stay at the bottom of the set and I'll hand out wipes for the boom whackers as you know, the disinfectant wipes. Um, so that they can give it a quick quick wipe down and, and maybe I'll try to do that. But here's why I haven't. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I noticed that I was getting really dizzy mm -hmm. and not feeling so hot, uh, not feeling so good. It wasn't horrible, but it was just kind of like, whoa. And yeah, it was because I was having kids um, wipe down everything, each one with a disinfectant wipe after they were playing ukuleles and their chair. And so if you do that for two classes in a row, that's a lot of leftover fumes for, yeah. for anybody who's in the room, which would yeah. be me. So anyway, um, that's why I didn't do that yet. Yes. yes. All, this, you're all this to say, my fourth graders who were not familiar with this, with Alabama Gal, they just, they, they loved it, loved it, loved it. Yay. Yes, I mean, as they usually do. But it was interesting problem solving with the fourth graders um unfortunately well for what what for what it's worth i'm a lot more concerned with like okay we got to keep safe we got to keep distance than they are because right. these fourth graders they keep telling me oh i'm over at his house every day after school I'm like oh we get together every weekend <laughs> whatever <laughs> i'm still trying to toe the line you know as much as i possibly can yeah so that was a good that was a high and uh i'll get my video together and i'll put it we can throw it on the website. Yeah, that'd be great. There you go. Yeah. So now it is time for our main theme, which we are calling New Favorites for Third Grade. This is part of a new 2020-2021 version of our grade level series where we're talking about kind of just what we're doing in each grade, especially what's different this year. And even though we call it new favorites, let's also just open up the possibility that there might be old favorites, but just done in a new way. So I just want to state that as well, that, you know, these aren't all brand new things, at least brand new to us. These might be things we've done before, but we're just doing it in a different way because of COVID times and such. So we're just going to give a brief overview of what we're doing in third grade and then a couple of specific songs and activities. And we'll be sure to put all links and songs and things on our website on, on for the show notes so you can reference all those things there after you listen. So take it away, Tanya. Tell us about third grade. Third grade. Okay. Well, um, this year overall, I'm, I'm structuring every lesson differently as far as exactly what I'm including. And you and I have talked about this um, during this series, but even all year long, where I traditionally, in a Code I Inspired classroom, one would like be practicing a melodic element while you're prepping a rhythmic element and then there's you know some side dishes to go along right <laughs> yeah in a, in a nutshell yeah in a nutshell right i've i've let that go this year yep um because of so many things and i'm not gonna i mean you and i have gotten into it and i i struggle because we're creatures of habit and this is what i was taught and and this is you know, worked so long for me, but now, now not so much. Things have to change, um, especially with the singing, with the less singing and all of this. So my goal this year in each, well, especially third grade on up, uh, a typical lesson is going to look something like we do something that is a little bit SEL, even if it's really short, even if it's, um, just like two minutes of mindfulness or mindful listening or um, sharing uh, even through like a Google Classroom assignment. Like, how are you feeling today? Like, my goal is to do a tiny bit of SEL every day in each lesson. Also, I'm only focusing on one concept at a time instead of two because I tell you what, 
at the beginning of the year, I was trying to be a good Kodai teacher and do all the things. And I was, I was driving me crazy. Yeah. Honestly, I was getting extremely frustrated with myself and with the students. And the bottom line is it's got to, it's got to work for the kids. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I love pedagogy. Oh my, I, I can dig in for sure. And I can talk all day about what it could and should look like, but really it's the children in the room who are going to dictate what gets learned. Yeah. I mean, and the teacher, the teacher is like the overriding everything, but, but as a teacher, you have to be sensitive about what the students need. And if it's something that's not musical, well, you got to deal with that. And as far as the pedagogy goes, you know, we, we say this every episode, but it's just worth reminding too, is because our schedule, we're doing these two week rotations where you see the same kids every day for two weeks. So rather than doing this, you know, lovely spiral sequence, that works really well when you're seeing your kids on a consistent, like all year, every oh, yes. third day type schedule. But if you're in these blocks of chunks of times in which you see the kids and then you go without seeing them for four to five weeks, th- this lovely spiral sequence just doesn't work. No, it doesn't. And, you know, it's so, I just, oh, man, I love some pure, solid Kodai pedagogy. I do. (laughs) I love it. I'm hanging on. I'm telling you, I've been hanging on. But here's our blockages this year. Yeah. Um, Seeing kids two weeks in a row and then not seeing them for four weeks. All right. The fact that this is affecting them emotionally and a lot of kids need more um, relation. I mean, well, they always do, but but they, we are all more in need of relationship building and social emotional mm-hmm. things, right? Yep, that's the yep. thing too. The uh, limitations on singing, for sure. The limitations on games and movement, 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 movement. Boy, if you never believed that movement was a valuable part of your music classroom before this year, now you're probably seeing it, right? Mm -hmm. If you think that you can have these kids sitting in one spot in one chair and just go for 45 minutes, well, then you must have a very different group of kids than I do because (laughs) that is taking its toll as well. And, and, you know, uh, so all of these things have, have been an issue. So that is why and I keep justifying myself this is what I'm doing and um this is what my my students need yep so yeah we're only focusing as far as the pedagogy pedagogy part one melodic or rhythmic thing all right in fourth in third grade we ticketed a lot a lot a lot Mm -hmm. um in the first uh I don't know what you call it first half of the year um and and that was that was a good choice. We did a lot of review. We did some melodic review, but it was um, as far as new rhythmic concepts. It was a lot of ticka ticka. It was a lot of what I'm calling music exploration of other places. So the third graders did do like some music from Brazil. We um, have been focused on black musicians. Um, and boy, I, w- I want to keep on going with that because there's so many I did not, so many things I've not gotten to. And it's the same with whenever I decide to focus in on one specific group. But um, anyway, so in third grade, uh, also the first half of the year, um, there were it was a solid four weeks of that time where we were only online yeah, and Zooming. So there's there's that as well. So right now, what is happening? I'm low line with my third graders. We are getting more melodic. I'm feeling a lot better about, um, yeah, now we really do need to be singing. We're not singing even half of the class time. Mm -hmm. But uh, we are using barred instruments, and I'm wiping down mallets, and I'm spraying things in between classes. Um, And then third grade are are doing, when they are doing barred instruments – I don't do barred instruments again until that afternoon. So that's good because I can spray things down and let them dry because the fourth graders and have been doing um, something different and the fifth graders have been doing ukulele. So there's that. So with Lola, it's been really interesting because I've had to force myself to do more um, on the instruments where I'm just like, first we sing it, first we sing it, now we sing it like this and now we sing it like that. Uh, so I am putting them 
on instruments just to bring out specific low-law patterns. Okay, songs I'm using. Old house, old house, tear it down. Who's going to help me tear it down? Bring me a hammer, tear it down. Right? Um, and it's a great call and response song. And it's a really easy for them to do the call, to do the response, singing, and on instruments. Mm-hmm. And what I typically do is have half the class on barred instruments and half the class singing it. As much as I love to have like all the kids on an instrument at once, and this has been one of my my things forever that I've noticed, um, when you put everybody on an instrument, the singing goes away. Yep. Yeah. I've noticed this even in music teacher workshops. Like you just oh, yeah. beautiful, like here's xylophones are playing this, metallophones are playing that. Now we've got the glockenspiel, drums, you're here. It's a beautiful thing. And then what happens to the singing? It goes away because all of our focus is playing the instrument. And mm-hmm. these are adults, right? Yeah. Yeah. Trained musicians. So that's why I, I try to be really intentional of okay, well, you're playing, don't worry about the singing. Well, you're mm-hmm. singing, don't, you know, you don't have yeah. to think about the playing. So um, there's a couple of songs that are low law that I've just had kids playing the pattern on the instruments. Uh, in addition to Old House, um, we did Big Fat Biscuit with a choo-be-loo mm-hmm. playing that. And I like Big Fat Biscuits in there because it is not minor, but it's got that low law. Right. But, yeah, it's important. But you know my issues with that. I still do the jumping game, but it drives me crazy. <laughs> every year, every time I do that, every time I do the jumping contest for Big Bat Biscuit, I'm like, you know what? Let's not do Let's Let's change this. I don't. Yeah. yeah. They get a little competitive and it they gets do. a little bit over the top. But so that's what I've been isolating on the instruments. And here's a few that I have not started yet because I had a little bit of time with my third graders at my home school, and then I went to the other school where I don't teach third grade, and then in a week I'm gonna go back and we're gonna still be low-lawing it. I did technically present low-law to my third graders, but it was probably too soon. (laughs) So- Maybe just more in like a theoretical way. Yeah, maybe it was like, really that was late prep, and we just have the name. Right. But but knowing the name is not really knowing the concept. Right. You know, they I I love how on the instrument you can look down and they can you can say, Okay, are they a step away or a skip away? Dota loss. Yes. Yep. Right. And they can see that right there and yeah. So we're gonna keep on grooving with low law and we're gonna add old Mr. Rabbit and we're gonna make it uh, cumulative. And this is um uh Old Mr. Rabbit is also just fun for spring because, hey, rabbits. Old Mr. Rabbit, you've got a mighty habit of jumping in my garden and stealing all my cabbage and celery and carrots and blah, 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 you know. And so you just add on and kids choose what vegetable or fruit or anything that they want to add. And we're just playing. We can be playing our low laws with that. I think I'm going to do something different with that, but I haven't nailed it down. Um we are also going to do you and I were talking and it's been a long time since I did Chickahenka, but I think I need to bring it back after your and I's very brief brief discussion and that's the Captain Go Side Tracker Train. Captain Go Side Tracker Train Number one online on coming in on time. Captain Go Side Tracker Train, right? I would totally sing along with you, but I know. I know. I know. I'm looking at you like there would there would be a weird (laughs) there would be a weird gap with me. I'm so sad. I know it's really strange. I just wanted to say I don't I don't mean to leave you in a lurch. It's hard not to sing with you, but we know how Zoom singing goes. So sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, and it's also got the chicka hicka chicka hicka chicka hicka chicka hicka. Right, that's what I wanted to do. So we knew what what is chicka hicka? How does that come into it? Well, it's a second little part. Yes, it's the second little part, and it's the train sound. Right, and I'm gonna be super duper original, and I'm gonna throw in some sand blocks. What sand blocks for trains? Wow. No, I'm just (laughs) kidding. I love it. (laughs) The Dutch love 
I mean, we're talking about third grade, and I don't know about you, but my third graders, I mean, all all my kids, my upper elementary, they still get really geeked out when we get out the the sand blocks and and jingle bells and and like things that I think that they're so over. They're really not. Mm -hmm. They love it when we get out the non-pitched percussion. No, I have to say last year, it was the funniest thing because I did a little survey last year with older kids. And in there was like, what do you want more of? And I had not a few, but a bunch who said, I want to play the sandblocks. the sandblocks and the triangles and the hand drums and the like we used to. And I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. I know. Okay. We, we assume that they're over it, but they're not at all. Right. That's a good reminder. Right. And you know what? If I, I have not done this thing yet with Chickahanka or with third grade, if they show me, if they roll their eyes at me and they are just like, what, are we in kindergarten again? Then fine, we'll, we'll, I'll, we'll do something else. But this is what I'm gonna go with. I'll report back, let you know how it went. Nice. Um, and then another one that I thought about adding that I usually leave for older kids because I use it for Cinco Pa, but I think I'm gonna just throw it in there is my good old man. Mm, yeah. Um, and I've always done that as an um, identification game. So uh, at the end of each verse, there's a whispered part. Mm-hmm. So what I usually do is um, assign kids. I like have everyone close their eyes, put their heads down, and I go around and I tap different kids and, and I say, oh, you're after verse one. Like I hold up my, you know, finger or whatever. Um, and then I have those kids do their whisper solos at the end of each verse. And it's really friendly with older kids because it's not a singing solo, it's a whisper solo. So my good old man, I'll just sing the first verse. It goes on and on. But where are you going, my good old man? Where are you going, my sugar, my lamb? Best old man in the world to market. To market. That's <laughs> the creepy whisper. I what love it. Will you get that? Yeah. And so on and so forth. So the old man's going to market. He's going to buy some eggs. Uh, uh, and they're going to kill him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that takes a dark turn. <laughs> Not the people at the markets, but the bushel of eggs are going to kill him. I don't know. What do. What do the whispering voices know about these eggs that the rest of us don't? It is a little strange. Bushel of eggs will kill you. But the anyway. sweet part is at the end when when he says he's going to haunt her and yeah, she says, like, why are you going to haunt me? die, yeah. my good old man, like, so I can haunt you. Why would you haunt me so I can always be with you? Which is kind of why I've always reserved it Yeah. for um, older kids and, you know, because of the rhythm. Uh, this is one of those things. You know what? Now that I'm talking and about it, I have a class that I probably won't do this with because I have a parent that's kind of been on my case for some weird things. So, oh, this might be a little too much. This might be a little, yeah, yeah. All you right. have to know. I mean, there's some years I've done it, and there's some years I haven't for that reason. Like, it depends on the maturity level of the kids. Um, what I know is going on in the kids' lives. And, of course, you can't know everything. But no. this is where that SEL stuff comes into play, right? When you really well, know yes. your students. and Yes. It's anyway. a great song if you feel yeah, comfortable it's, doing this it. This is just one that's in my back pocket. This is not yeah. like a for sure deal. Because right. um, let's be honest, I am not – I don't have long-range plans that I am sticking to like glue this year because oh, <laughs> that's not working. No. No. Um, all right. So that's all. That's my Lola repertoire that we'll get back to. And then you and I had talked briefly. When I was ticka tickaing, we alligator pied to death mm-hmm. with different instruments. Um, we also ding donged. And <laughs> I loved I loved to add um, hand chimes to the ding dong, digga digga dong, digga. I mean, it's not emphasizing the ticka ticka, but it's just a lovely yeah. extra sound. And singing that in canon, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we were ticket. We I haven't. I mean, we're we're moving on. We're low line, and low law <laughs> takes. Uh, a, I've always noticed low law takes a little bit more because yeah. I want to make sure they're super solid on their low law before we low sew. Because right. I don't know about you, but I've low sewed after um, not as solid solid of a low law, and it's a hot mess. Yep. 
Can I ask you a very technical pedagogical question? I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, When you introduce Lola, how do you have any like, do the kids ask you why? Why is it called law? Like they understand that it's low law, which is different than regular right. law or high law, but I don't really call it high law. I just call it regular law. I mean, do you have any shtick or do you have anything that you tell them about why we're repeating solfa? Um, no, I mean, I don't have a cute story. It's, you know, by the time we low law, I don't, I mean, I've been making, mm, Goodness knows I have gone to town making up stories about so and me and law and doe and Ray by the time we low law. Um, no, I just it's it's the law before it's the law below doe and I also have on my wall, although I noticed it's missing because I went to refer to it the other day and I was like, <laughs> uh, never mind. It's usually there. I I don't know what happened. Well, I, I took down everything last summer and put up everything again. And so I have my um, hand signs as a, like, you know, uh, stairs going up. But I have more than, so I have it going up, do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. And then I have it going down, do, ti, la, so, right? And then I also have lo, la, and lo, so. Although I, I leave spaces. Mm-hmm. For tea, I, yeah. So I have that to show, and we have a conversation about. Um, we have our do re mi fa sol la ti do, and it keeps on going. And then I demonstrate on the piano, like, oh look, we've got it here, do re mi fa sol la ti do. But look, this high do is the low do for the next set, do re mi fa. You know, right. So, and they can see that on some of the and some of the uh, xylophones i've got two octaves on so they can see that there um and they understand that by third grade yeah yeah and i think that's just good to mention that you know this is kind of like a common kodai misconception is like when you're introducing specific sofa pitches that you the, that the kids they don't know that the other ones exist by name. Like they know they exist by name, but it's when you're presenting solfa, it's not about presenting that one single pitch. It's presenting patterns in which that pitch relates to other pitches. Exactly. So in this case, it's how the low la relates to the do by a skip that's lower. Right. And this um, was a conversation on Facebook just the other day where the yeah. emphasis was um, that like, they already know it. Well, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's not about like, ooh, it's a mystery and this thing doesn't exist until I tell you its name. It's not like right. that. Yeah. It's that, and I always say this, is that, well, you know, we know that Lola is there and we know the name is Lola. We just haven't formally been introduced to Lola and we don't know how Lola um, relates to do exactly and we don't know the sound and we don't know the it's more about the relationship between the intervals and the relationships you know I mean that's that's music man uh, yeah. you can memorize absolute pitch names and I know music teachers who who do and you can drill and kill all that but it's meaningless unless you're connecting it to prior knowledge or what we're actually doing with music like who yeah. cares if you can name a note on the second line on the treble staff if you don't know what that means like so what right, right. exactly yeah. cool yeah i just wanted to so, make mention of that and if you want to know more you should take your kodai levels take kodai levels yeah. yeah that's a good little plug because there's lots of programs that i mean most programs are offering things online in some fashion and there's lots out there that one could do <laughs> Right. And and I'll, and I know I've said it before. I'll say it again. I really didn't understand all these ins and outs pedagogically until I took my Kodai levels. Right. And it was kind of like, you know, noticing you're in water. It was like, oh, yeah, of course. Why didn't I think of that? Like, yep. yeah, it was just before that, honestly, I was going to be teaching absolute pitches. Like, oh, my kindergartners, they know what a treble clef is. Well, but right. so Right. Does it matter? Doesn't like, yeah, it was very illuminating for me and mm -hmm. um, changed, changed my teaching, changed my life. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So um, that was a lot. Oh, and then the other thing uh, that I just wanted to mention is that uh, we're doing a little social emotional. Like I had mentioned, we're doing Lola, but I'm also bringing in a, another culture for us to explore. And I've decided we're going to be doing some music from Ghana. Love it. Um, 
because I really wanted to zone in on one country in Africa before the end of the school year. And all signs point to Ghana because <laughs> I have a little bit of experience, um, just a tiny bit of experience playing percussion, playing mostly, uh, I, I had a teacher from Ghana who um, I took lessons, group lessons from, and we would play for a um, dance school, Cleo Parker Robinson Dance School in Denver, and there's um, African dance, they called it African dance class. But anyway, so most of it, most of the rhythms and stuff that we were playing were I believe from Ghana. Um, anyway, so I always have to go with what I'm most familiar with or most excited by or passionate about. Plus, I got Karen Howard and Quasi Donyo's new book, Dance Like a Butterfly. Yay. And there's a whole section in here of songs from Ghana. Love so it. I figure that's where we're going. So I want to include some of that. And I'm not calling this music appreciation. We're calling it music exploration so yeah so that's the other bit that is part of each class is we're going to ghana of course um around march 17th i i always include some music from ireland because i love 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 it and that's it so that's that's a lot actually and sometimes i feel i get on my I, i feel bad that i'm not connecting it in a beautiful way but oh well that's it's all about exposing students to as much as possible right yeah yeah and I I guess I can get artful about it later on I don't know we're just forging ahead not everything has to have a a lovely transition we've talked about that before oh but if we could wouldn't that be nice sure but sometimes it's like we were just at this fun thing now we're gonna do this fun thing there's (laughs) nothing wrong with that Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, so Carrie, what are you doing with third grade? How's it? Well, so oh, so similar. So I will just say, kind of my my long term yearly plan has been, again, really focusing on rhythmic stuff the first half of the year. So we did a lot of review and reinforcement of stuff that we kind of learned very quickly in second grade, but didn't get a lot of time to practice because you know the world shut down. So a lot of review of of half notes and whole notes and, you know, as, as well as other rhythms, getting that all very established before we moved into Tikka Tikka. And like you, it's been a whole lot of Tikka Tikka. Oh, so, you know what? Can I just make yeah. a little, um, you were talking about reviewing half note and whole note. And yeah. I will tell you, whole note is something that, that I kind of short, sh- short change. And yeah. it's never really been an issue, but that song I was talking about, Chickahanka, it's also an awesome whole note song. Yeah, totally. I was because they're that holding too, yeah. out that Captain Ghost, I track your train. Mm-hmm. So you got one group holding that whole note, and the other chicka hicka chicka hicka chicka hicka. Yes, it's hard to find good like whole note songs. I mean, it really just ends up being more of a theoretical mathematical concept than anything else. But I, I do just make mention of it, even if I don't like, you know, really go nuts with it. But well, I do the, make mention of it. Yeah. And then the other thing I was going to mention with that is that recorders bring a lot of that in. Totally. To, yeah. You have to have something where you're holding it out. I would normally be playing recorders with third grade. Yeah. At this time of year, I'd be gearing up for that. Um, and we see that in the recorder literature that we use. Is yes. Dotted half notes and whole notes. So I kind of hold off and go, oh, yeah, by the way, check it out. A whole note. Right. And it works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not a hard thing to, to throw at them. Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, we did some lots of review. And then we moved into Ticka Ticka. And like you, I spent a lot of time on Ticka Ticka. I mean, it's just it's a fun concept. There's lots of literature you can use. Used a lot of the same literature you mentioned. One new to me song that I want to mention that I literally just stumbled across when I was searching on the Holy Names uh, University song collection was um, a Spanish language language song, which um different sources I've seen from Mexico, but I've also just seen from Southwest America. So it's, it could be both. It could be either, but um, it's called Dos y Dos Son Cuatro. I will attempt to sing it for you right now, just knowing that I am not a native Spanish speaker, but my kids told me I did pretty well because a lot of my kids are native Spanish speakers. So here's how it goes. 
And what it is, is it's just a counting out song. So dosi dos son cuatro is two plus two is four. And dos son seis plus two is six. And oh, wow. Seisi dos son ocho. So six plus two is eight. Y ocho plus eight is dieciséis, 16. <laughs> so takes a lot nice. of practice to get all those words in there, but with a lot of repetition, you get it. And then the last part is uh, cuenta la tablita yo ya la conté is just um, count count the tablet. Tablita is literally tablet. So I talked to my kids about like, no, we're not talking about iPad tablets. We're talking about like <laughs> back in the olden days when students had little chalkboard tablets and they would do their math problems on their little chalkboard tablets. And Yoya La Conte is just, I've already counted it. So there is a suggested game on the Holy Names website and I will, I will link to it on there. But my, you know, adapted COVID-friendly game is they stand up on their spots and then using class dojo, because I've got all their little icons, their pictures on their little monsters, I'm tapping them with a steady beat of the song and they're keeping a steady beat on their body. The last kid who gets the last beat, I tell them pick a number between 2 and 10. I should have done between 2 and 16 because that would have reinforced the words to the song. I will do it like that next time. I didn't <laughs> think of it. But I just said pick a number between 2 and 10. They pick a number and then we continue from there tapping their little icons on class dojo and then whoever gets the last number is out so it's just a little elimination game i just made it up literally it wasn't anything real um i thought another cute way when you can is to do like one of those sit in a circle and clap out the steady beat like a quakwa and those kind of games or freddy oka like one of those type of games where you're clapping the steady beat whoever gets the last beat picks a number then you clap it out whoever gets the last numbers out does that make sense Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I just I just taught it to him like an elimination game. And it's really interesting because um out of my three third grade classes, one of them is my dual language class. So the way that I taught the song to them was just very different because obviously they knew the language. It wasn't like I was like, here are the words in Spanish and here's what it meant. I just literally started singing it and then they just caught on right away, you know? Yeah. And uh, I asked them, you know, do any of you know this song? Cause it was new to me. I had never heard it. And I did have one kiddo who said yes. And I said, do you know a game that goes with it? And he said, my mom taught it to me as a jump rope game. Oh. So there you go. So when the weather gets nice, we might borrow some jump ropes from the gym teacher and go outside and jump rope it. How awesome. So the rhythm, though, I mean, it's it's the same for all four phrases. It's just ticka, 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 ti, ti, ta, which I like because I don't see a lot of literature that has two ticka tickas in a row like that. So it's kind of fun yeah. to have literature that has two ticka tickas in a row. So we just had fun again? with that. It's it's from Holy Names, and um, they have a source in there from Kate Rinsler, okay. um, Old Mother Hippletoe. I don't know. But I've seen a couple of YouTube videos. I, if you look it up on YouTube, there's a lots of like little like very cheesy animated videos. So I didn't show those to my kids because they might think it's a little babyish for them. I, I have a feeling because it's a counting song, some kids might consider it to be a little babyish. But because I added the elimination game, then they loved it. And I didn't have any kids telling me that that's a baby song or anything like that. So anyways, it was new to me. I threw it in this year and the kids love it. So yeah, that's a fun great. little ticka ticka song. Um, the other rhythmic thing that I did touch on, although I don't spend a lot of time on it, is I do introduce also the dotted half note, or we call it three, and we hold out the three, obviously, while keeping a steady beat, or else it's weird. Um, I do introduce that in third grade as well. Normally, it's kind of one of my last concepts, and it's like, if I don't get to it, I don't get to it. It's not a big deal, but I went ahead and, and threw it in earlier this year, um, and one of my favorite songs for teaching dotted half note, and I know it's not new, is the song Lavender's Blue. It's just a mm. lovely little song, and some years I get to it and some years I don't. It goes like this. Lavender's blue, dilly, dilly, lavender's green. When I am king, dilly, dilly, you shall be queen. And then there's a whole bunch of verses after that. Um, what I stumbled upon that I didn't realize is this song was actually featured in the live action Cinderella movie, the Disney Cinderella movie oh. um, that came out, gosh, how long ago was that? 
I don't know, maybe four Are or you five talking years about ago. Like the... Okay. It was like a live action Cinderella. Oh. I can't remember what year <laughs> that movie came out. 2015, I think. I'm looking at it. But right not now. the one with Brandy. No, no, newer than that. All right. No. Um, I can't remember the name of the girl who plays Cinderella in this movie. I don't have all I this information in front of me. I, I, I yeah. To- so anyways, I found some YouTube videos that show kind of a montage of the movie. And then there's a lovely recording of Lavender's Blue. So not only did we sing it, but I played them that recording. And then, of course, it's showing pictures and, and videos of Cinderella at the ball. So, of course, then we had to learn how to waltz, which then led us into learning about three, four meter as well. So I kind of combine those two concepts together. Of course, there's times where you have dotted half notes in four, four meter, but specifically also talking about Lavender's Blue. And then we learned about three, four meters. So we got up and we waltzed and it was so cute because I thought, oh, some of my boys, they might get a little like over this. But um, one day after school, I had a third grade boy who was walking out of school with his grandma and he said goodbye to me. And his grandma goes, are you going to make me go home and, and look up that Lavender's Blue song again on YouTube? And then Aww. she told me that that day he had asked her, can we look for this song on YouTube? I want to listen to it. So there you go. Third there grade go. boy who just absolutely loved it. So that made my day. So. That was kind of a couple of brief ideas for for rhythmic. And then like you, we're going to be moving into melodic for the second half of the year. We're going to be doing a lot of review of the pentatone. Um, Just like you said, really making sure we're really solid because I did, I think I had, if I remember correctly in second grade, I think I presented Ray like the week before we went (laughs) into quarantine. So we didn't get a lot of Ray practice in. And I just really want to make sure we're really solid on, you know, obviously orally being able to identify the pitches of the pentatone, but then also, you know, steps and skips on the staff, lines and spaces on the staff, and just making sure we're totally good before moving on to low la. And then if we have time for low so, that would be great. I would be surprised if I get low so in before fourth grade. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's the way it is. Cause like you said, you do like in, in a very theoretical way, then you can certainly say, well, remember how law and so are one step apart up, up there on this, you know, in the, in the scale or whatever you want to call it. Well, you know, Lola has a best buddy named low. So, and you can teach it very theoretically, but you also want them to hear then the leap from low so to do. Right. And this is really right. And part of that this year, especially, is that I have definitely noticed um, kids struggling more because we haven't been singing as much. Exactly. When you say struggling, I mean struggling with really understanding um, and hearing. Like you can tell that they're not inner hearing these intervals as solidly yeah. because we haven't been singing them and it yep. just kills me yep but that's how it is um it is. yeah you you take the singing away and that is so much harder to come by and i don't want them to be reliant on being at an instrument i mean that's 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 the whole kodai vision right is right you internalizing should be able to internalize that and sing it in your head and be able to sight sing it and i want them to be super super solid and that is so challenging with the less singing and the not seeing them for four weeks at a time. And yep. that's a hard thing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, I wanted to make mention of one other song slash activity, although we didn't learn the song so much because it's quite long. Um, for, again, for three, four meter, we used the Maori song, A Papa Wairi, I think is how you would pronounce it if you were just speaking it, um, also known as like the Maori stick game where you have the like lemmy sticks and you're doing the little pattern. Now, when I looked up this song, um, in some sources it's written in six, eight, and in some sources it's written in, in three, four. And when I first learned it, I learned it as a three, four song. So yeah, me too. that's how I use it with my students. But I just want to say that if you look it up and you see in six, eight, you know, it's, there's a lot of songs like that, that, you know, you could write it in three, four, or you could write it in six, eight. Mm-hmm. To me, it's always dependent on the tempo in which exactly. you do it. Yeah. And I, I, 
do this in a slower tempo so I fill it in 3-4. So anyways, there's lots of really great YouTube videos that I showed my students about um, different ways you can play the stick game and it gets very complicated with like tossing the sticks to your partner and doing yeah. all this stuff. Um, <laughs> obviously, because of COVID times, we're not doing any of that. Also, because I was doing this in third grade, that's, you know, physically difficult for them. So we really just stuck with coming up with different ways to tap the sticks and do stick patterns in three beat patterns, where the right. first beat's always something strong, like hitting the sticks on the floor, and then the second and third beats could be something a little lighter. So um, that was really fun. They really enjoyed watching those videos. They enjoyed doing the stick game, and it was just another great way to reinforce three, four meter, even though we weren't singing the song. So if you're in a situation where you're not able to sing these types of activities, these types of stick games, um, if you have enough sticks for each student, obviously, that you can wipe in between classes um, are great. And I'm not going to try to attempt to sing the song right now, but I will <laughs> link to it um, in the show notes as well as one of the videos that I showed my students with the stick game because it's really fun. Yeah. And now it's our No Better Do Better uh, segment where we talk about uh, something we should know more about or something we should do more of or less of, as the case could be. And uh, Carrie, you've got something to open up and discuss. Sure. Yeah. But before I get into a specific song I want to talk about, I just want to make mention that um, the Oak Conference is coming up soon. Um, it's going to be completely digital conference March 4th through 6th. And it is not too late, obviously, to to join the party. Feel free to go. And to it's Oak. an online party. Yeah. Go to oak.org and see, you know, what what the time frame is everything and, and the nice thing is you know this is one of the benefits right of, of virtual conferences is you don't have to pay for travel and you don't even have to get a sub for this one because everything is in the evening Thursday evening Friday evening and then the bulk of the sessions are our Saturday so you don't even have to get a sub assuming that you're in a place uh, time zone wise that wouldn't require you to anyways I was looking through the sessions that are being offered and I was really excited about the thread of culturally responsive teaching sessions that are being offered this year. Um, a couple I just want to mention that I'm really excited to go to myself. Um, so folks from Decolonizing the Music Room are going to be presenting and they're always wonderful and amazing to see because there's so much research and work that goes into everything they do and I appreciate that so much. Oh, yes. So they are presenting a session called Moving Past the Common Narrative, Critical Practices for Music Education. And I just think I mean, this is kind of what we're attempting to do in our own very small way with this No Better, Do Better segment, right? It's just really reevaluating, you know, just things that we've we've always done and we did because the people before us always did it and without really questioning why and doing the research behind it. So um, really excited for that session. Yes. Also wanted to give a shout out to our good friend, Amy Abbott, who's going to be doing a session called He Said, She Said, They Said, Gender Neutrality in the Music Room. And and we actually have seen um, a version of this session. I don't know if she's changed anything or if it's going to be similar. She did something similar for for Rocky, our local Kodai chapter, this last summer, and it was an excellent session that it's really excellent. made me, yes, yeah, really made me think about just those gender roles and and things that I've I've rethought since that session and I've done differently. So, anyways, there there's others as well, but those are two I just wanted to make mention of, but we'll we'll link to oak.org where you can look at all of these sessions that are going to be presented, but I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great conference even though yes. it's digital. So, Exactly. All right. And then as oh. far as like a specific song, so you know, I mentioned um, in our third grade segment the song A Papa Wiry, which is a Maori folk song. But while I was doing a little bit of research into that song, I came across the song Epoe Tai Tai A. And it really made me go, oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> because here's me not breaking into song right now. Yeah, I know. Because it's so uh, Mea Kupa, I have done this song. Uh -huh. I, yes. 
a lot. Yeah, it's a very common repertoire in the in the Kodai inspired world, but in in many elementary music classrooms. And here's the thing. Here's the thing about this song. And I I did not do all of this research, but it took me about thirty seconds to find it. And my rule for myself is, if a kid, if a student in your classroom if they just got a bug to find out more information about a song that you've presented in your class and it took me 30 seconds to Google it, it'll probably take them 29 seconds to Google it because we know kids are much better with the tech than we are. Yes. The point being that they're going to find out. So I know, and I've done this before about lots of different songs in the past, is if the lyrics of a song um, are in a different language, you kind of go, well, if I don't really tell them what it means or get into the history of it is okay. Um, the short answer to that, in my opinion, is no, that doesn't make it okay because kids are going to Google it and kids are going to look for it. And again, I've done this before, so I'm not throwing stones it, at anyone. Yeah. And, and I have It too. is what it is. Yes, and um, I've justified it in different ways, but if you can't talk about the history of the song, you know, no matter what language it is, if, if there's a problem with the history of the song, if you want to hide something about the song, that's a sign. To yeah. not do it. Yeah. And and the history of the song is, is that not, it doesn't have necessarily like a, a racist history or anything like that. It's that it's very sexual. It's really all that it comes down to. And it would not be appropriate um, to do this song with young children. And yet so many of us, and, and I say us because it includes me, we've, we've done this song with children. So yeah. um, the, the literal translation as far as this particular website and the website that I looked at the most is the New Zealand folk song website um, says that the translation is really at night up high at night thrusting. So take that as it is. And then that that version of the song really came about with uh, troops during World War II in New Zealand. So it's kind of like a, a, a dirty military song, put it that way. Now, the song does have earlier roots, but even the earlier roots are very um, hypo-masculine. Um, right, about, I'm earlier... a strong man. I'm a, I'm a raging bull. Um, it was like a cock call if i may yeah yeah i mean it really is just like look at me and you know and again like is there anything overtly horrible about that well not necessarily but would you want to talk about this with your kids if you're if you're lovely you know third and fourth graders looked up at you and said well what is this song about what are you gonna say i don't know or oh it nothing the words are are nonsense words because that's not true um and i think for me the interesting thing is like well how did this even happen how did this get to our classrooms and it really comes down to the girl scouts and i was a girl <laughs> scout um that at some point in time this song was put into one of the girl scout songbooks, and the translation that was included was just literally i will be happy <laughs> So, you know, I just think that that really reminds us how, you know, things get lost in translation, quite literally, and things are put into songbooks without proper context. And even some of the songbooks that we revere, you know, as Kodai-inspired educators, we have to look at with a very critical eye, and it always comes back to doing your own research. And yes, that with, yes. with this lovely thing called the internet, we can do <laughs> so much of that so quickly. But yes. again... So can your students. So, um, you know, again, this is not to make anyone feel guilty for having done this song or, um, you know, whatever. It's just the point being that we can do better. <laughs> we can do better if we know yeah. that this song is very sexualized. Um, is that something we want to put in front of our kids? My There's other Cinco no. Pa songs. Exactly. And you can make up stick games to almost anything. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, if it's about loving the game, well, there you go. I told you about another game that has sticks in it that you can play. Um, if it's about a replacement for Cinco Pa or Tita Ti, um, one of my favorite songs for that is Black Snake, which I can link yes. to in, in the show notes. Black Snake is a really fun song. Um, you can play like a hide and seek game with a snake where the students get louder if they get closer to the snake and softer if they get farther away or vice versa. Just be creative. There's lots of really great songs and games out there that you can find to teach the same concept or to teach about that culture or to play the fun game. It doesn't have to be Epoe Tai Tai A. Uh, yeah.
So now it is time for a work smarter, not harder teacher tip where we share a little something that's making our teacher life easier or more fun or both. Yeah. So, Tanya, what you got? Well, I I stole this from you because you mentioned it. And then I went there, this website called Slides Go, which is just S-L-I-D-E-S-G-O, one word, Slides Go. And what it is are templates Google for Google Slides or for PowerPoint. And it's these really lovely backgrounds and you can just search around and find a fun template because yes, I have made TPT products in the past. And what takes me the longest is that I just, takes me so long to make decisions on visuals. Yeah. Um, and I found, for example, a really cute, it, well, it's called Cute Winter Animals um, slide deck. And I was able to like, you know, make it for my own purposes and um, create a poison pattern slide deck out of it. And it's just, it was great because I didn't have to make those visual decisions. I'm not, yeah. I'm not a very good visual person. It just takes me forever to go like, Ooh, should I use this font? Should I use this color? Should I use the trees or should I use the mountains? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. It just drives me crazy. Um, that said, I would not advise using this and then trying to sell your product on TPT. Right. That's, I was going to ask that. I don't copyright. Think... That's a bad idea. Don't do that. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, I haven't looked into the legality. I mean, I'm, I'm just, this is something I'm positive that you should, that, that there's a problem with you taking these templates and creating something and then turning around and selling them. Right. That's not, no, I think they're work. just for like personal use and for educational use, but not for selling use from what I right. can tell. Exactly. But there's so, a lot, there's a music one that I use all the time. That's really, Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah. You didn't mention this to me. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, you know, all different themes and yeah, yeah, it's just, it's fun. It's, it's nice for the kids. And I agree. It just takes a lot of the work out of making your slides look a little more professional and polished. Exactly. So that slides go check cool. it out. And now is time for our CODA section where we share something we've been enjoying outside of the music room or inside of the music room. Um, Carrie, what you got? This is oh so outside the music room. Um, I'm going to recommend a podcast, but specifically an episode. And um, the podcast, you're going to laugh, is called My Favorite Murder. <laughs> oh. I think I've talked about it before. What is this um, podcast you speak of? It's one of my, my favorites. Favorite I know I've talked about it before, but I just have to, this this episode was so fun um, because it's music-y. So that's, this is where I'm going. So it's episode 260. Yes, they've made that many. Um, mm. It's called Unwashed and Unabashed. And um, it tells the story of the murder of Lana Clarkson by Phil Spector. So then it really gets into oh. who Phil Spector was and all of the artists and musicians he collaborated with and just his wild and kooky life that Phil that, Spector. Ooh, I want I want to hear that one. Yeah, yeah. So I say it's very much outside of the music room because um uh, one of the things I love about Georgia and Karen on My Favorite Murder is they do not hold their tongue and there's always a lot of cursing. So this is not so. something to leave for your subplants, is that what you're saying? No, no, no. This is not like a like a fun no, I mean, and we're talking about murder, but anyways, murder. Um, no, grown-up show to listen to, but if, you, if you're if you interested in, in uh, you know, history of rock and roll, so to speak, I mean, like, music history within the last, you know, hundred years, Phil Spector is someone to know who he is, um, if you don't already, and, um, and then I, I kind of forgot about this part of his life that he basically murdered someone um so anyways it's it's a sad story but it's very interesting and again just because it's music-y I was just really I was digging listen to it because you know and it's really funny because there's times where they talk about where they're trying to (laughs) talk about what Phil Spector's um musical characteristics as a producer was this quote-unquote wall of sound and as musicians we can understand what that means when we read about it but them talking about it is particularly hilarious because they don't know what the heck they're saying which is and they admit it that they don't know what they're saying so it gave me a chuckle it's a good episode of one of my favorite podcasts besides ours of course I'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome yeah all right Tanya how about you all right well I'm gonna be boring and talk about another book um 
<laughs> I talked about a podcast last time, so sure. hey. Um, just yes, the day before yesterday, I finished a book that I know a lot of people read right when it came out called Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine by Gail Honeyman. And this is one of those that I've seen a lot of people read, and I just never got around to it. But I was at um, the used bookstore down the street from where we live, and it was there for, it was a hardback for like a really good price. So I just said, eh, everyone else loves this book, so I'll try it out. Um, wow, it was a really good book. Yeah. Um, Eleanor Oliphant, she's not completely fun. She's kind of a hot mess, ah. but you probably guessed that. Anyway... <laughs> It's it's just a book about a um a woman who is 30 and she has some trauma in her past that kind of messes up her whole life as trauma is known to do and how she kind of works through that and it's set in Glasgow, Scotland. Mm -hmm. So um there's that but uh I'll tell you, the last 50 pages of this book, I don't know, maybe I'm just sensitive lately, but I was kind of doing that silently weeping, oh my God, I hope no one's in the room kind Aww, of thing. Yeah. During the last 50 or so pages, because it just, it was, it was, it's just so well written. It's a really good book. I get what the buzz was all about. So, yeah. So now you're going to uh, loan it to me so I can read it. Well, I was going to loan it to my mom, but if you... Oh, like okay. You can her... loan it to your mom for... No, I have other books I need to read, so just There's keep, no... keep me on the list. It's not it's not a bloody book, so I didn't okay. know if it would be up your alley. I don't only read bloody books. I read okay. other things. Yes. Well, there's messed up in this, so maybe... I do no. like a good messed up psychological thing. So. Actually, now I'm reading something totally fluffy because I need a break from the messed up in this, especially uh, messed up family relations. I'm like, oh, I need a break. Yeah, yeah, I get that. So, all right, cool. Yeah. We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Show notes can be found at musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com. And you can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. In our next episode, we'll be talking about our new favorites for second grade. Until next time, this is Carrie. And this is Tanya wishing you happy musicking. <laughs>